welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. It's Thursday, April the 2nd, 2020, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama for this special part of the Defender Podcast. And I have just the great honor of having uh, some fantastic women that serve in our ministry come and talk to us today about our domestic ministry. And so this is another two-part podcast as we're doing this COVID-19 special series on Defender Podcast. And today, like I said, we're talking about our domestic ministry, and we're first going to, to talk to Christy Harmon and Lauren Eddy about our birth mother ministry. And as you can imagine, COVID-19 may stop life and stop things on their tracks and put businesses uh, even on a shutdown and alerts, but has not put a shutdown on women giving birth. And as a matter of fact, we're seeing more and more clients come to us now because of the uncertainties of this new environment and this new life. And so the ministry continues, the work continues. If anything, the work has increased during the shutdown. And we're going to get to talk to two of the, the frontline women on this ministry of, of working with women in crisis and birth mothers. I'm excited to hear and for you to hear about what's going on. And so with that, I do want to remind you that if you want to look for ways to give and give to the Ministry of Lifeline, that we have a ministry called The Well. And The Well is a fund that we use to actually supply uh, tangible needs for women going through crisis pregnancies, women in crisis situations, and families that are desperately in need uh, who have babies in their womb, pregnant moms. And so please learn more about The Well by going to lifelinechild.org backslash The Well. Again, that's lifelinechild.org backslash The Well to learn about how you can give to the needs of these women who are going through crisis, unplanned, and single pregnancies. With that, again, I'm so excited for the first part of today's Defender podcast to be joined by Christy Harmon and Lauren Eddy. And uh, Christy uh, oversees our birth mother ministry. She uh, helps oversee our counselors and organize them. Uh, She is such a fearless young lady. Uh, I love Christy and her heart and just her heart for women and the way she cares for women and the way she disciples our team to care for women. And then, of course, Lauren is uh, probably someone I have met that has never met a stranger uh, she loves the Lord. She is passionate about evangelism. Uh, I love seeing the way that she loves the heart of these women and leads them to Christ and points them to Christ. And I'm sure even as you hear her, you will see the gospel exude through everything that she says and through her life, even as you're just hearing her on this podcast. But Christy, first, just coming to you, you know, women, like we said, are still getting pregnant and they're still needing services. So is Lifeline continuing to serve these women? Thanks, Herbie. Yes, absolutely. God is, has been so gracious, even in this time of uncertainty, that we are still having lots of calls of women who are facing an unexpected pregnancy and wanting to consider adoption for their baby. And currently, we have 30 expecting moms that we are actively meeting with. And things are a little bit different right now because we're trying to do that primarily over Zoom. Um, but we are continuing to love and care on these women. Um, we've had six babies born since March 10th. So in the past wow. really two weeks, we've had six babies born. And at all six of those births, we had pregnancy counselors that were there or there at the hospital soon after the birth. Um, and since the beginning of this year, we've had 16 domestic adoptions. 
And so what that means is that we have 16 precious women who are needing that post-adoption care. And, um, you know, more women are calling us every day. And so we just have this beautiful opportunity to speak the truth and the hope of the gospel to these women who are in an extra scary place um, because of uh, COVID-19, but also because of the hard circumstances that they're facing right now. Yeah, and so Christy, even just thinking about that, what are some of the distinct challenges that are already being presented to our birth mother counselors as they are continuing to go out into uh, the shelter in place, the social distancing spaces? What are some of those distinct challenges that we've had, even with these women entering into hospitals uh, to care for birth mothers? I think the biggest one is just the reality that we don't want our pregnancy counselors to get sick. And of course, we want their safety to be a huge priority, but we also know that the gospel is urgent and that the need is continuing to have these babies placed in gospel-centered Christian homes um, and to have these women exposed to the gospel. And so we are doing everything we can to, again, meet over Zoom or remotely, um, but our pregnancy counselors are still having to go physically to the hospital. Um, and so we are asking for prayer for them, for their safety, pray, prayer for um, our expectant moms and just God's, God's grace in, in helping us build relationships remotely. Because we were created for those relationships, but sometimes that trust is just harder to establish when it's, when it's not face-to-face. Um, and so that's, that's where we are and we're continuing to, to try to figure out what this looks like, just like everybody is. But, um, as of right now, we are, uh, able to move about and go to hospitals, even when other people aren't, because we are considered, um, to be part of, you know, the, the, the first responders of people who are caring on the front lines for, for women and their babies. Yeah. And many of the districts, the municipalities to put on shelter in place certainly are giving the opportunity for social service organizations who are in emergency situations like caring for a mother that's going through an unexpected pregnancy. And what, what maybe you may not understand is if we don't go, if we don't send these ladies into the hospital, that mom may not have any other support there with her in the hospital. And that even draws me to something that, that we've been dealing with over the last several weeks. And that is that one of these 30 women actually has a, a human trafficking situation and has been trafficked in the past and had an appointment even a couple of weeks ago uh, that we needed to take her to. And so, Lauren, you've been able to minister to this young lady, helping her through this situation. Have you been able to show Jesus uh, to her even during the difficulty of this pandemic shutting everything down? Yeah, absolutely. So many of the women we serve they come from backgrounds of trauma. And so when we're showing them the love of Christ, when we're telling them the gospel, we don't have to tell them that the world is broken. I don't have to explain that to them. They already understand that. They've already experienced that. And it's no different for this sweet mama that we're working with. And we're going to call her Whitney for the purpose of this podcast. But Whitney has a long history of people lying to her, abusing her, and selling her to other people. And so she lives in this constant state of isolation and of fear. 
And so showing her the love of Jesus has looked like several different ways. It has looked like being physically present for her to sit with her, to offer her support, to take her to those appointments that she needs to go to and to say, I'm here, even though you feel alone, you may not have anyone else. But then it also is offering prayer to her and speaking truth to her. One of the big things for her, for someone coming out of trafficking and for her is just this place of feeling that you don't have value and feeling ashamed, feeling like maybe you did something wrong, believing the lies that people have told you. And so a big part of showing her the love of Christ is saying you have value in Christ because God made you, because God loves you, because God sent his son to die for you. That has no bearing on choices you've made or places you've been and even being able to say to her you know it breaks god's heart god is sad to see what has happened to you god does not want those things to happen to you he wants more for you and to be able to share the hope of the gospel with her amen and and certainly we know that the gospel is so rich and so real in the lives of these folks and so I think just a just a picture that unfortunately evil does not take a rest when the rest of the world quarantines themselves. Uh, that hurt and pain are real and they continue. And and you know really one of the things that we've always wanted to do with these women is to be able as much as we can to physically sit with them in their pain to help understand the hurt that they're going through. Uh, not to not to make these women out to be uh, to, to be you know, someone that's less than or someone that we're throwing stones at, but someone who has been hurt, who's experienced pain, who's experienced trauma, uh, who has been maybe even the victim of a trafficking situation or the victim of a relationship uh, that, uh, that, that, that went bad. You know, but through this time, you know, we certainly can, uh, we can certainly relate better to the mothers that we serve. So Christy and then Lauren, like how has some of the self-isolation right, that we've had to put ourselves into really helped you relate better to the mothers that we serve? You know, I personally, and I think many of us listening in, have never experienced this level of social isolation before. We're able to come and go as we please, and um, we're able to meet together as a church family or whatever, um, social gatherings, things like that. But what we've noticed is that many of the women that we're actively serving have not really noticed a change in their circumstances due to COVID-19 because many of our expectant mamas have spent a lifetime in social isolation and in fear of the unknown and in survival mode and unsure of if they'll be able to make ends meet, um, unsure if they can trust people around them. And so you know, I would describe many of the women that we serve as destitute and going without their basic needs being met regularly. And so this isn't something new for them. Um, It's something that they've experienced, many of them, their whole lives. So I've just been thinking as I've been sitting in Christ that as we're experiencing these things for the first time, it's giving us a beautiful and yet, I guess, heartbreaking glimpse into how important it is that we do everything we can to not only meet the physical needs of these women, but also, and more importantly, their spiritual needs. Um, and 
you know, Lauren and I were talking about this yesterday and she brought up a story of one of our clients and how she related it to the woman at the well. And I just, I would love for her to share about, about how this has impacted her and her relationship with this client in particular. Yeah, so it makes me think of her when we're talking about the self-isolation and COVID-19 because this is a woman who prior to all of this going on has had really social isolation and lacks community. This is a young woman who has been really separated from family her, throughout her life because of abuse, has been separated from community, found herself homeless you know, come aging out of the foster care system with nowhere to go and nothing to do and really lacks resources and even finds herself in a place now where she is fearful of what the future holds. She's not sure where she's going to live or where she's going to go or what she's going to do after this or how even her life is going to look in the future. And so I know that's a lot of what we're experiencing now, a lot of what people are fearful of with even COVID-19 of what is the future going to hold. This is something that before this virus even came to be is something that she is already experiencing. And, and so even just sitting with her yesterday, I met with her through Zoom and even just sitting with her and her saying and identifying as I am broken. I am ashamed. These are how she sees herself. And so it's just such a beautiful moment to talk to her about how there's a story in the Bible about a woman who comes to the well because she feels isolated and lacks community. And maybe she's made some poor choices along the way, but we see her coming there and Jesus meets her in that moment. And she's not defined by the things she's done in the past or the things she's done in the present or her current circumstances. But Jesus just loves her in that moment and meets her where she is. And so that's just been a reminder. We're going on maybe two weeks of quarantine at this point and all feeling the, the pressures of social isolation and the fears of the unknown that are coming. But this is a state that our women continuously live in prior to this and will still live in after this is over. You know, and, and kind of just segueing to pressures that these women are also going on and this isolation you know, a lot of times abortion advocates will really prey on this isolation that the woman feels uh, to make her feel like if she has a baby, she is further ostracized, further isolated. Dreams will not be able to be accomplished. And, you know, in COVID-19, we've seen elective surgeries have been postponed throughout the world in order to save bed space, right, for corona patients. And in many states, including Ohio, Texas, Louisiana, and several other authorities, have, have made various orders to limit or halt abortion procedures within their state. However, shortly after, for instance, Ohio, who was the first state to make this last week, uh, Planned Parenthood came out and said that we're going to comply with Ohio Department of Health's orders regarding personal protective equipment, which requires hospitals and surgical facilities to stop providing non-essential surgeries and procedures and to take other steps to reduce the use of equipment. However, they said, we're going to continue to do essential procedures, including surgical abortion. Um, and so while in every other corner of the earth is hunkering down, quarantining, sheltering in place, and practicing socially distancing in order to protect life, the life of the elderly, the vulnerable, and those who are medically fragile, Planned Parenthood is still working around the clock to eliminate future human life. 
And so that has a trickle down effect. And Lauren, we've seen that many of the pregnancy resource centers that we partner with have against all odds continued to keep their doors open, to continue to keep their phones active in order to meet with these women who are contemplating and considering abortion. You know, what kind of effect has that had on these resource centers? Yeah, so many of our pregnancy resource centers are committed to staying open. They're committed to life and they're committed to proclaiming the gospel. And so that looks a little different for each of our centers. Some are doing curbside resources. And so they're bringing out diapers and wipes to those who need it. Some are adjusting by doing parenting classes online. And then some are maintaining as much as possible are maintaining their normal services and day-to-day operations, maybe with just limited hours and these centers are doing it because they see the need and like I said they're committed to life and they're committed to these women and are committed to proclaiming the gospel to them and I know even one center in particular that I spoke to and I I just asked them I said are you still open what do your hours look like and they said we'll be open as long as the abortion clinics are long are open and hopefully even after that yeah and so I mean, even just knowing this commitment that they have and knowing that these resource centers are going to do everything they can to make sure they're able to meet these women's needs. What are ways that people that are listening to this podcast can be specifically praying first for these pregnancy resource centers and their workers? But then second, Lauren, how about for you and and our other birth mother counselors? How can people be praying for you guys as you're on the front lines? Yeah, I think some of the prayers are the same. We need a lot of prayer right now. Prayer for wisdom on how to continue best serving our clients, whether that's doing Zoom meetings or online classes for our pregnancy resource centers, or you know what that looks like as far as when to go or for our centers, how long to stay open. And then I think also just praying for resources and funding right now is important as well. Many resources are closed, especially housing resources are not admitting new people. And these are resources that the women we serve cling to, they need. And just because COVID-19 is here does not mean that these women have stopped needing those necessities. And so just praying for that you know, we'd be able to find the resources that women need, that we'd be able to refer them and partner together with who we need to. And then I think also just praying for peace and protection for the pregnancy counselors and also for the pregnancy resource centers who are on the front lines. I know for many of the centers, you know, volunteers are not coming in right now. And so they're doing, you know, multiple jobs or wearing multiple hats and they have families, they have people that they're trying to care for as well back at home, but they're continuously going to centers and risking exposure and trying to protect these women as well from exposure because pregnant women are a vulnerable population. And so just praying that they will have that peace and protection and that the women we serve will have that peace and that protection and that we will as well as we try to proceed forward in the best way that we can. Amen. So Christy, you know, I know a lot of churches, pastors, obviously members of churches listen to this podcast. Uh, What are some ways that churches can partner now with Lifeline to serve these women in unexpected pregnancies during this COVID-19 crisis? 
We have some super exciting things that are coming up and coming out. Some really incredible resources for churches and their part and our partners. And um, so I am, I'm very excited that we're working right now on a training for churches on how they can engage and equip their, their team, their staff as a churches, uh, their members to really engage well with women facing an unexpected pregnancy, not just with, with, not just outside of their church, but also within their church. Um, if a woman finds out she's pregnant, um, it has been a trend, unfortunately, that many women within the church get an abortion, um, maybe because of shame, maybe because they feel like they don't have a place and they need to hide the, the truth of their pregnancy. But we want the church to be a safe landing place where they're going to be con- you know, really embraced with love and the truth of the gospel and where they have the freedom to repent and be free um, and, and where they're able to be loved. So that's a, that's a training that's coming out soon. Our vice president of domestic services, she did a webinar on this and that's available now, but we're going to be doing an even more um, in-depth training for churches. And then the other thing that we are working on is a training for mentors who want to learn how to engage well with women who are vulnerable, whether that's they're in an unexpected pregnancy or they're a single mom or they've placed for adoption. We are going to be doing a training for them and provide to be able to mentor these women. And we are working on that right now, but it is going to be so good. I'm so excited. It's going to be covering things like worth and value and grief and shame and addiction and relationships and physical needs and finances and uh, forgiveness and reconciliation, all with the hope that women who do not know Jesus will form a close relationship with a mentor who can point them to the hope of the gospel, which is where we all find our hope and where we all um, find our yes in Jesus. And so I'm really excited about that curriculum coming out as well. And so if you are listening to this and you are interested in more information about one of these trainings or this curriculum, we would love to hear from you and and get you those resources. Yeah. And and Christy, just kind of a follow-up in general, how can people be praying, meeting the needs of the birth mothers that we're serving and overall just supporting Lifeline's birth mother ministry financially during this time? What are some of those needs? Like Lauren said earlier, this is just a unique time to be navigating these waters. And because there are so many resources closed, we do just have extra funding needs in that sometimes we're providing maybe housing resources or things like that that we wouldn't normally provide, but, but other, other resources are closed right now. Um, and like you said at the beginning, the well is a great way for people to get connected um, there's, if you get a lifelinechild.org slash the well, um, it is a fund that is specifically there with Lifeline to provide and meet the physical needs of women facing an unexpected pregnancy. And so things like covering rent or utilities or medical costs or food or anything else that she might need, um, hospital stay, able to speak into spiritual needs as well, really should for her, not just, um, not just her baby. And so that is the financial side. And then we do just covet your prayers right now. Pray for wisdom and safety and 
just for our team as we are continuing to um, move forward with, with adoptions and with bringing the gospel to, to those who are in need. Yeah. Well, ladies, I thank you so much for helping us get an insight of what the Lord is doing and how he's supporting this ministry, but yet all the needs and the ways that people can pray and to give. And, and as Christy said, you know, we just continue to need that support to meet these women's needs, um, their physical needs, because as we see even through the Bible and as we even talk about the woman at the well, many times Jesus met the felt needs before he met the spiritual needs. And so these women are coming to us with felt needs, real needs, uh, like the young lady that Lauren spoke about that needs someone to take her uh, to, to Homeland Security to advocate for her trafficking situation. Women that need to be driven in the middle of the night going into labor to the hospital. Women who need to pay their rent so they can continue to keep a home to save themselves and the child in their rent in their womb from being exposed to this virus. We need your help and know that we are committed to meeting the needs of these women wherever they may be uh, in any ways that we possibly can. So pray for these women like Lauren and others who are on the front lines, meeting with women, going to the hospital, caring for these babies and caring for these mamas as well. Well, thank you for listening to this part. And as we said, this is a two part. We're excited to now be able to talk with Laura Heyman as well as Renee Griffin about how you might be able to help through adoption one of these moms find a home for her baby. And now we are joined for the second part of this special Defender podcast uh, by Renee Griffin and Lauren ha- Laura Heyman. Uh, they are two of our domestic specialists here at Lifeline. And so we've talked about how birth mother ministry is continuing to go on, what the needs of our birth mothers are. And one of those needs during this very uncertain time for birth mothers is godly missional families who are willing to love on these moms and love on these babies for a lifetime, and especially those families that are open to loving on these birth mothers. And while domestic adoption may look a little bit different in the COVID-19 pandemic world, one thing we know is that more women are choosing uh, adoption because of the uncertainty of what the future may hold. And so first and foremost, I just want to ask you ladies, what is the heart of Lifeline's uh, domestic adoption ministry? Herbie, the heart of the ministry is honestly the gospel, right? And it's to minister to unexpected pregnancies and women and even the dads sometimes who find themselves in those situations. And so our heart is to give them options counseling and help them through that hard time, but ultimately share the gospel with them. And so our heart's the gospel, and the way we get that done is through the counseling and support and through what we call adoption. Yeah, and so we know that the heart is to care for these women and to love on these women, but also to care for these children. And, and the gospel is so well said. How is this COVID-19 pandemic impacting Lifeline's domestic adoption ministry? Well, it is impacting us to some extent, yet we know expectant mamas are still finding us. They're still contacting us. They're still wanting to make adoption plans. We know babies are still being born. And we know that that um, that couples are still having home studies done. We're still conducting home studies now. The method, the manner in which those are done, we're being a cre- yeah, a little creative in that regard. We're doing instead of doing home studies person to person, we're doing them via Zoom or Skype type way, rather than meeting a birth mom in person. Sometimes we will end up doing a Zoom. I've even done a FaceTime with a couple with a birth mom. 
visits to the hospital, when a birth mom gives birth, you know, when an expectant mother has her child, they may look a little bit different. And that's going to depend on the protocol of the hospitals. And I know that's changing sometimes day by day and state to state. We have some couples that are being chosen by women who are in another state. So we're just going to have to do day by day, week by week, see how the protocol is in that regard to travel. But we're still doing adoptions. We're still doing placements. We're still loving on these women. The method in which we're doing it, we're just really having to think outside the box and be a little bit more creative to do that. But it's just, it's kind of shifting us, but we're still moving forward and pressing on. So, well, Even as we started, and even as we know that we're seeing unprecedented numbers of women call us right now, because of the uncertainty of these times and, and our birth mother counselors are busy, uh, we know that we are actually in need of domestic adopted families. What does that profile of a domestic adopted family look like? So if, if I'm thinking through my wife and I adopting, what are kind of the criteria and what are the things that we're looking for and, and what would Lifeline demand of me or ask of me to be open to in order to be that ideal domestic adoptive family? Herbie, the first thing that comes to mind is just to be ministry partners. We ask all of our adoptive families to be those partners with us because ultimately we may be able to, you know, counsel a birth mom in the counsel, counseling room, but the families can honestly, through their relationship with her, through the way they love their child, through the way they have correspondence with her or interact with her, they can make an impact on her for an eternal in an eternal way. And so um, the first thing I would say for for our families that are open to domestic adoption with Lifeline is to be open to a semi-open or open relationship with the birth mom. And that could be through letters or pictures or through visits, but just open to the idea of how their testimony and their hearts could be used by the Lord to make an impact on her life, not only the child that's coming into their home. The next part is just the requirements that we have for adoptive families. If you've been married three years, if you agree with our faith statement, um, if you're no more than 50 years older than the child that will be placed in your home, if you're in our eight states where we have domestic adoption programs, those are really the, the heart of the pieces that we're asking our families who want to work with us um, to come and fulfill. So just look at those requirements on our website at lifelinechild.org. And for those eight states that we're in, if you're listening to this and you're considering domestic adoption and you're wondering, I wonder if I'm in that state. We are in Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, Florida, South Carolina, North Carolina, Kansas, and Texas. And can you give us just a few examples of these mission-minded families? Oh, I've got some great examples. Uh, recently, we had an expected mom came to us. She made an adoption plan. She chose a couple. She met with that couple, and that couple in Lifeline shared the gospel with her. That mom gave birth, and then she decided to parent. Yet the woman still wanted to know more about Jesus. She still wanted to know more about his word. So currently, the mom who was going to be the adoptive mom is now leading this new mom in a Bible study. Um, another example, just this week, we had a family who was chosen by an expectant mom. They are now sending baby boy clothes and gift card to this new mother who has chose to parent. Now, those, those are examples of folks who are continuing on this ministry and loving and making an impact in this woman's life who chose to, to parent the child herself. 
I can think of a couple right now I've got who is intentionally pouring into a birth mom who placed her child with them years ago. When this birth mom first met, you know, first met my couple, she shared with them that this was the first time since she was, I think since she said age 13, that she had ever been clean and sober. And this couple, they just, they applauded her. They applauded her desire for sobriety. They loved on her. She gave birth. She placed her, placed her baby with this couple. And this couple agreed to meet with her. They kind of meet on a consistent basis. And birth mom knows that she has to be sober. She has to be clean and sober when she shows up for those meetings. And this couple is more than willing to continue. They, they in fact, prompt these meetings because they know, number one, it's encouraging this mother to stay clean and sober, to stay free from drugs and alcohol, and also it gives them another opportunity to just continue to pour into her, to love on her, to season every one of their meetings with the gospel truths, and just to invest in her life. So that's that's just a beautiful way, just beautiful examples of what we see. And that's, that's the type of couples we're looking at. Now, do they all look that way? No, they don't get to because sometimes mamas don't want to have that, that meeting or that connection. Mm-hmm. But even though they don't at first, they may later on. So just being having that willing spirit, I think, and being a vessel of the Lord, however he chooses to, to let this relationship go. Well, just even as we end, what are what are ways that folks can be praying for our domestic option team uh, and praying for our workers? And also, how can they be supporting Lifelines Ministry financially during this time? That's a great question. I would say the first thing to be praying about, one, is just wisdom for our executive team and our leaders who are talking with state directors and talking with people who are making decisions about adoption during this COVID-19 epidemic and um, just praying that Lifeline can be creative and that we're still communicating within Lifeline and without Lifeline well to our families and people who are a part of our ministry during this time. Um, I would say also just pray for our families who are in the midst of home studies right now and in the midst of the unknown and just pray for their hearts and that the Lord would just give them grace and patience as we work with them virtually and do stuff over Zoom or phone calls. And um, ultimately, I would say just pray for the hearts of more adoptive families to come to Lifeline who see this as a ministry and are excited about getting involved um, with our domestic ministry. Some ways you can support Lifeline and our domestic ministry is one, if you're interested in domestic adoption, come on. Um, Part of the agency fees, what that goes to is to help support Lifeline's ministry. And so by you becoming an adoptive family that can help fuel us and continue to do our ministry. Another way is simply to just donate online at lifelinechild.org, whatever amount, whatever you feel led to, that's a way that you can support us right now. Well, ladies, I thank you so much for just being willing to give this update and to, for what you do. And, and as they have said, and I will just continue, we stay open uh, because there are still lives that need to be helped. There are still lives uh, that need someone to stand in the gap. And so whether you've been called to stand in the gap to help a birth mother, or you've been called to stand in the gap to help a child through adoption, we stand here ready and willing and able to serve COVID-19 pandemic and all. Uh, we will continue to be on the call because we know, unfortunately, that through times like this, the vulnerable become more vulnerable. And we want to make sure that we're still reaching out to them. And Lord willing, and we trust uh, that coming out of this pandemic and this crisis, 
uh, Lifeline will be stronger because of it, uh, because the Lord is going to continue to use us in the lives of those who are vulnerable for the sake of His glorious gospel, so that we can ultimately equip the body of Christ to manifest His glorious gospel. Ladies, thank you. And again, if someone wants to uh, get in the domestic adoption process, please visit us at lifelinechild.org. Again, that's lifelinechild.org. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.